Warning, the following audio transmission is based on theory and is intended for entertainment purposes only. It's Doomsday and its affiliates will not be held liable for anything your dumbass does. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome everybody to It's Doomsday Podcast. Today is February 26th, time is 1800, and joining me as always is Big Daddy Prep, also known as Al. What's going on, man? Oh, just another day. Just another beautiful day in the prepping world, Jester. Oh. <laughs> just trying to save the world one person at a time. <laughs> no, I hear you. And so, uh, Al, I think Podbean is shadowing the show. I believe they are too. Oh my God. So for our listeners out there that listen on Podbean, I want you to do us a favor, okay? I want you to comment on these episodes, like these episodes, share the episodes. Actually, when these come up on Podbean, if you're a listener on Podbean, there's going to be a place to comment. There's going to be a place to like the episode. Do me a favor. Take the five seconds out of your day that it takes just to leave a thumbs up in the comment section or, you know, hit that like button on that episode. Keep doing that, guys. And, and I'm going ex- to explain to you why, Al. So for those of you that are on Podbean and that utilize the app and things like that, there is a top 100 trending page, okay? Mm-hmm. It's Doomsday Podcast has never been in it. Now, what I find very odd about this, and I've even reached out to Podbean, and I've emailed, and I said, hey, well, how come we've never been featured in there? Yep. Their first response was, well, it goes by downloads and follows. And I said, okay. So I started trending. I started tracking our downloads, our follows. I started seeing what goes on in there. Al, do you know that they're putting people on the trending page that have less than 100 downloads, have less than 100 followers? Yep, and you know what, Jester? I, it's now this is a conspiracy theory on my part, but I'm going to say somewhere there's some money exchanged. Somebody's paying for this. Okay, I'm just telling you. I mean, when you guys meet downloads and and shares as we do, yeah, we should be on the 100 for sure. I, but, I yeah. would, you know, I'm not saying we should be there every week or every day, but I mean, we should be popping up on there every once in a while. Right. Right, right. You you would think. So I emailed them back and I said, Hey guy, here's, here's the situation. Here are all the shows on this list that have less downloads than we do and less followers than we do. What's up with that? And I took screenshots. There was like seven different shows on the, on the top 100 trending that have less downloads and less follows. And I said, Hey, this isn't making a lot of sense, guys. You got to let me know what's up here. Right. And they tried to give me some runaround saying, well, the algorithm works pretty weird. It's not necessarily having to do with downloads and this, that, the other, mainly interaction, blah, blah, blah. I said, okay. I gave it a couple of days. I went back on, checked the list again. I found a show that had about 60 followers 
199 downloads, and they're on the trending board. Wow. Now, how is that possible? We're getting, you know, I've, there are days where we'll get 700 daily listeners, 700 downloads yep. in a day. You know, and, and I'm, I'm looking at this situation, and I'm like, shouldn't this put us on the trending page? And to that, all I got to say is this. If you guys are out there on the Podbean app, the only other thing I could think to get us on that trending page is to be interacting with these individual episodes. So give us a like on an episode. Make sure you're following the show and leave a comment in there if you're listening on Podbean. Because eventually we're going to get them the message that, hey, we can't be silenced. We can't be shut down. You're not going to snuff us out. Hey, preppers, do you want 10% off survival food? Go to www.readywise.com and use code DOOM10 at checkout for 10% off all your survival food needs. Again, that's code DOOM10 at checkout at readywise.com, D-O-O-M-10 for 10% off at readywise.com. Right. Jester, you know, as you're talking about this, this is exactly what I've been working on a project. Uh, I mean, other than, you know, Jester and I work on different projects and we work together too. I've been working on a project that basically gets around the algorithms. It basically gets around the censorship and, and I, I'm not comfortable talking about it yet, but I, I'm with you. The censorship and the pay to play, I'm not with it. I'm not with it at all, and I know you're not either. If you're, if they go by true numbers, we should be there every single week. But we just appreciate being there. I mean, part of the time. I mean, so, we've got more downloads and we've got more uh, plays than most shows ever. A lot of shows have. Right, and that you know, and that's my whole thought process on this. I mean, and this goes for everybody. If you're not listening, you know, on Podbean, if you're listening somewhere else. Make sure to follow, make sure to comment, make sure to like, leave a review, all that good stuff, guys. It's greatly appreciated. It helps the show grow. And and I'm going to tell you what, like this show is, is kicking into high gear with the amount of yep. downloads, new followers, things like that. Like we are really kicking into high gear and the show is really becoming a lot more popular and that's awesome. And it, and it sucks when, you know, me and Al and Jake, we're all putting all this work in. And it's like, how the hell are we not trending in these, these shows that have no downloads and no followers are trending? How the right. hell does that work? And the only assumption I have is, Al, maybe what you said, you got to pay to play. Or, on the other hand, they don't like our message, so they don't want to put us out there. Right. It could be one of the two, but I guarantee you it is one of the two. <laughs> That's me, you know. So, I'm the conspiracy theorist, you know. So Right. Yeah. And if uh if uh you know pod pod beans um if they're listening, if their customer service or any of the representatives at Podbean are listening, all I gotta say is this. I've been with Podbean for three years. You guys have taken plenty of my money, you guys have yep. gotten plenty of my money for my followers. Okay, so here's the reality. If I don't see shit fixed soon, we might just get hosted somewhere else. That's all I'm saying, because I'm not going to keep up this. I'm not going to keep up this shadow game. To me, it's bullshit, and it's not something we're going to continue to deal with. And Jester, there are other platforms out there. Oh, yes. There are others. Yes, there are. There (laughs) There are others. There absolutely are. And, you know, I'm going to go ahead and say this much. Podbean is like our number two with downloads. 
So, I mean, Apple's pushing us pretty hard, and that says a lot. Anyway. So, anyway, guys, to get into the show, it's Doomsday Podcast. Welcome in. If you're new, like I said, like the show, follow the show, share the show. Al wanted to get into leaving your preps, leaving your preps behind. What are you going to do when you got to go and you can't take your shit with you? (laughs) Right. Or you're caught without your stuff. Jester, I'm going to tell you where this whole episode came from. Being a prepper, I'm kind of proud of the environment that we're around. And even in the prepping world, we hear these things about preppers. Well, if you ain't got your preps, you're not going to make it. Or what are you going to do when you get stuck and you ain't got your stuff? But again, tell you what, the greatest prep I have that I hone to a sharp skill is the one that's between my ears. It's not everything that I own or have or in a bag. So that irritates me. Every time I hear preppers or non-preppers say, what are you going to do when you get separated away from your pretty wise food? You ain't got your, you know, your soy, your water fit. What are you going to do? Well, I'm going to survive. I don't know what you're going to do. And that makes me mad. So that's, this issue has been coming up for a while and I, and it irritates me. It makes me mad. So here's what I got today, Jester. The ways and just some of the ways how I'm going to survive If I'm away from my preps, if I don't have everything that I normally would have just laid out for my survival, you and I, I think you and I and a lot of people in the prepping community, you could lay us down someplace and we'd be able to survive because we make do with what we have. So I want to throw a few things at you, okay? Number one. You have to answer yourself these questions. And here's the scenario. You you get broke down in your vehicle or, or you're at work and something happens that's terrible and now you can't get home and you're stuck out. What if uh, your boat breaks down and you end up alongside the riverbank and nobody's coming down there at nighttime? This happens a lot along big rivers. Nobody's coming. Nobody's looking for you. What do you do? Well, the first thing you don't do is you don't panic. Okay? Preppers don't panic. You have to ask yourself some questions. And, and Jester, these are my questions. I don't know how you approach your survival, but I would approach it like this. I ask myself a few questions like, who, what, when, where, how, and why did this all happen? You know, who's with me? What has happened? Where are we? Which is a, one of the most important aspects um, when do we expect that we might find someone or get out of this situation? How did it occur so we don't do it again to end up in this situation? Why did it occur? And a few other questions, but we won't go into those now. But those are the basics. You have to ask yourself. So as you're taking that time to relax, stop, and ask yourself these questions, it may keep you from having the same situation happen again. If If you suffered an injury or if you suffered something that happened to you that caused you to be away from your preps and be stuck, you don't want to do it again. So by asking yourself these questions, you basically keep yourself from going further in the hole. Um, Now, Jester, I know you and I and everybody else has a different approach to things, but we know we have to cover basics, okay? One of the main basics is do you stay where you're at? Or do you travel? Do you do you move? Do you go from where you're at? 
This is different than the bug in and bug out situation because bugging in and bugging out is I have all my preps and I'm here. I don't want to leave or do I need to leave because of the situation? When you're in a bad situation and you're separated from most of your materials, material preps, the things you can put your hands on, like those great super tents that you've got and those great sleeping bags and all that water filtration and all that food you got stuck back and your axes and everything that you've got for survival. When you're separated from that, you have to ask yourself, do I need to stay put to be rescued or found or whatever, or am I going to have to actually move? So that's a, that's a question that you have to, I mean, for your survival, you have to do an actual assessment. And I don't want to talk the whole time, so Jester, I mean, just in a little bit, I've said, I want to stop for a second and see if you've got anything to put in with it. Because this is, this. I understand this topic has me irritated because I hear this from people so many times in the non-prepping world and even naysayers in the prepping world. Hey preppers, check out Blackbeard Fire Starters. Go to www.blackbeardfire.com backslash doomsday and utilize code doomsday for 10% off your entire order at blackbeardfire.com. Okay, so I first off, I think assessment of your situation is the biggest part of survival. Yep. Okay, you, you cannot make irrational decisions when it comes to this. And I think a lot of people who don't make it through these survival scenarios, it's because they're not thinking rationally, right? They're, their adrenaline's up. They're, you know, they're kind of going a little bit nutso, and it's hard for them to pull it back in and remain focused. So how you said, you know, do I stay put? Do I go? You know, what's around me? Who's with me? Things like that. I could tell you all circumstantial. If, you know, if it was me and my kids, first off, I'm going to, I'm going to try to get us near a good water source and try to find a shelter. Those are going to be my two main concerns, right? Right on. I know that's what we need for survival. And then if I got them, if I'm with my kids and I got to move, I'm going to be like water and take the path of least resistance. Right. Right on. Right on. And as long as it's not putting me in immediate harm's way, I'm going to go the easiest route because I got the kids to bring with me. Assessment is key. And I just I threw all those hypotheticals in there just to kind of, you know, go with your point. I understand what you're saying. Well, here's some of the main questions that, you know, once you've assessed the who, what, when, where, why, how and all that your situation some things that you have to ask yourself like i said do i stay or do i move travel is what i have down here move or travel whichever it might be whether it be traveling a quarter mile a mile 15 miles do i stay here where they know that the plane is down or my vehicle broke down or where the last place they had a gps location of me or you think they do you have to ask yourself that question and that's that's a big one but but we'll get into that in a later episode, stay or, stay or go. That's a, that's a big subject right there. But understand, folks, some of these questions you're going to ask yourself and some of these rules might save your life. Like my, my rule is everything is valuable. Everything is usable. If you're in a survival situation and you're separated from the main part of your preps, maybe you just have just your go bag or maybe you just have part of your preps in your pocket because – I keep preps in my pocket. I mean, lighter, a little bit of duct tape, a couple of matches, a pair of eyeglasses, you know, things like that. If you're separated from the main part of your preps, you, you have to understand everything is usable. Everything is valuable. Nothing is trash. But along with that, with nothing being trash, is that you must think about whether or not you can 
take this with you? Does the weight to use ratio, does it warrant you taking it with you? Okay. Um, this will get into objects that you find, things that you find. I've seen people that will walk past all kinds of objects that would have saved their life, like a Ziploc bag or a piece of tubing or some twine that they could use for cordage. And they'll walk right past it and go, oh, I'm going to use that. What am I going to use that for? Yo, well, everything I see, I'm sucking up. I'm trying to use for my survival. So you have to work, at, you have to think out of the box. You, you understand, you're not dealing with the best situation. So everything that you do is an upgrade. If you have no cordage, but you run up on five feet of cordage, that's more cordage than you had. Maybe you can make cordage to go with that to make a shelter with. You know, maybe you're walking along and maybe you find an old lighter. Maybe it doesn't have any fuel, but it's got spark. It's something that you can use to get to the next step. Folks, this is not about having everything perfect. Everything that you purchase from Academy Sports is perfect and it's in a drawer and you're going to be able to just survive the apocalypse. No, this is actual survival. So I take into in consideration all, all different types of basics for your life. Like, what are the most basic things? Water, food, shelter, security, fire, and a method of travel if you have to leave. And then I break them down for there. But as far as your food intake, understand that the human body is recommended for a, a female, a lady, is 2,000 calories a day is the basics is what you need, okay? 2,000 calories. For a, for a man, an, an average man is about 2,500. Now, people can argue that that women need as much as I, hey, I'm, I'm just I'm just giving you the facts of what the, the interweb says. But 2,000 calories is basically what you need to continue with survival. Can you miss meals? Absolutely. Does that Do you have to have 2,000 calories? No to survive. No, people have survived on 20 calories a day. They've, they've lost enormous amounts of weight. But this is the, the norm to go by, okay? So 2,000 calories a day. Also... A norm for people to have water intake a day for a man is 15.5 cups of water a day, which is 3.7 liters of water, a fluid a day, basically water a day for survival. And for a female, it's 11.5 cups, which is 2.7 liters of water fluid a day. That's to keep sustain you in life, okay? But understand... Don't get everything twisted in your mind and go, well, I've got to eat, but I don't have any water. Well, don't eat if you don't have water because digestion takes a lot of water intake. So you have to weigh one from the other. You have to have water to survive. After three days of basically not having water, the body begins to shut down or you shut down and you die. It takes a lot longer. Your belly might be empty and you might be hungry. But three days of no food, you're not going to die. Not unless you're, you know, insulin dependent or have some hugely different <laughs> uh, medical condition that I'm not able to help you with. So, understand you have to weigh and assess as you're going along. No, I I agree with you. One thing I'd like to throw in there with the whole, you know, a few days without food thing. So, I mean, I you will survive. You're you're not going to survive well. Right when you right. get when you get hungry, you go through food withdrawals. Your glucose levels could drop. So there, I mean, there are things there, but you you should not die. Right, 
Right. Um, you should be you should be fine if you're staying hydrated. Now, I know some people out there in the survivalist community that actually will go through fasting periods in order to you know get comfortable with the idea of not being able to eat when they're hungry, things like that. But I mean, Al. You're rolling right along, dude. I'm just kicking back and listening. In yeah, today. Well, okay, okay, good. I I don't want to. St- I mean, I don't want you to feel like you can't interject. Oh no, dude. I'll, I, listen, I'll I, interject where I need to. You're I, doing great. I told you I was going to be adamant <laughs> about this. Want to be a guest on the show? Email it's doomsdaypodcast at gmail dot com. That's it's doomsdaypodcast at gmail dot com. Because I'm tired of hearing people tell me that I've got to have a $10,000 shelter and I've got to have 14,000 months worth of food stuck back to survive. No, you can survive with anything. People have survived with next to nothing. But their skills of being able to take what they find and turn it into something that gets them to the next step. So they keep building on this, what helps them survive. Now, understand, if you have some basic medical conditions that are out of my realm, diabetes. Um, there, there are a lot of medical heart conditions, things like that. As you're in the survival situation, you have to understand, okay, if my blood sugar gets low, I've got to eat. I've got to try to take in as many calories as I can, but you know, I'm insulin dependent. So that's a situation that really I can't help you with. I'm not a medical doctor, but I do know that people that have stressful situations, high blood pressure, that they have heart conditions, things, you can only go at the, at the, at the limit that your body gives you. Listen to your body, okay? If your body says, I'm overexerting myself, slow down. You want to make it to the next step. So I just want to throw that in there as an advisory, okay? So let's get to the basics, like water. Like we, we said, you could be broke down someplace where you might, there might, could be municipal water. There could be fresh water. There could be unknown water sources. But any of those water sources that you come up to could be contaminated. Just because it's water coming out of a quote-unquote faucet doesn't mean it's good water. It should be at one time, but it could have been there in the pipes or whatever container it's in for a long period of time. It could be contaminated. So you need to understand the filter. Well, I don't have my Sawyer Mini with me. That's great. Okay. I mean, I understand that you don't have that. That's a fallback on. But you can also filter water using a T-shirt material, gravel, stone, you know, small rock, things like that to build yourself a water filter. Building a water filter is not hard, folks, okay? That doesn't mean you have, like, I mean, we're not going to have the best Berkey seven-stage water filter here, but you strain most of the particulate matter out with a T-shirt, maybe go through some sand to try to get as much of the particulate matter out, and then boil. Well, how are you going to boil yourself? Are you going to boil the water out? How are you going to boil? Well, that's because of fire. Okay, that's another one of our basics that we know we have to have. So we're going to have to have the 2.3 liters or the 3. Point, or the 3.7 liters of water a day, whatever you can possibly get. So as you're getting this water and you're straining it out, you try to get all the particulate matter out or you're, you're going, well, it's clean, but to come out of this, but I don't know if I trust it. I need the boil. Okay, let's start a fire. Starting a fire is not a big thing, folks. I mean, it's one of the most rudimentary things that human beings have been doing for millions of years. So what do you need? Right. But you know what, Al? They've they've trained us to be so complacent to use the microwave, use the coffee right. pot, use the stove. Well, actually, I take that back. Don't use the stove. Go to McDonald's. 
Right, right. I'm with you on that. So if you say to yourself, I don't have a, I don't have a stove out, what do I do? Well, we'll start a fire. Well, everybody knows how to build a basic fire, but how am I going to start my fire? Well, I always carry a lighter in my pocket. I always carry a couple extra matches in my pocket. I always carry a pair of eyeglasses in my pocket so that I can make a kind of a um, magnify, magnification fire. Done that my entire life since I was a child. There are other ways by using a battery post and some steel wool or a battery post and a very thin wire. Anything that gets a spark going with a dry, tender uh, type of uh, situation here, maybe something like a cotton wax, petroleum jelly, anything, oil, anything. I've seen people take anything to get a fire started, but getting a fire started and getting water boiling to get rid of the small particulate matter and the protozoa, the all the the, the the nasties that are in the water. That's number one because, hey, guess what, Jester? We've started a fire. We've got water in us. We didn't have all our supplies. Now, you say fire. Well, what else is fire good for? Well, fire is good for a lot of things. It's good for warmth. It's good for security. It's good for signaling others. But the one thing the most important to me that it's good for, you know what that's for? It's putting you in a good mental state because your mental state where you're trying to survive is more valuable than anything you'll pick up off the ground. Your will to want to survive, fire. Yes. It's one of the most basics. It's rudimentary. It's, it's ingrained in our soul. There's, I'm telling you, and I mean, I, it's that morale booster, man, sitting around a fire, warming up your hands, warming up your feet, you know, it's, it's that whole, I, I don't know what it is. There's something, how you said, it's like ingrained in you. Like, yeah, absolutely. Right. 100% agree. Right. You take 12 people, put them out in a, in a situation, give six fire and six without fire. And within 48 hours of six without fire, you look at their mental state compared to those that were able to make fire complete difference between wanting to just fall down and die and saying, Hey, I'm here. I'm, I'm going to make it. I'm surviving. Fire is that, is that one key. So let's talk about food for a second. We said we needed about oh, 2000 calories to 2,500 calories to live. Day. If we don't have that, that's fine. Maybe you have a food ration. Maybe you only had that sandwich you had for lunch and a bag of chips. Maybe you had a couple candy bars in the glove box. Maybe you maybe you ended up in a situation where you had a vast amount of food, but you don't know how long you're going to be going and how much can I take with me. We want to make sure you have the things that will last the longest, keep them the longest around. Things that are in cans, things that are dried. You know, use what's going to perish first. Eat it first. Use it first. But also ration. This is not just for you. It could be others around. You'll immediately need to take stock of what you have. Take stock of your food rations or lack of food rations and go, okay, now there's five of us and this is what we got. And we need to divide this up. Each gets this much a day and that's it. Put someone in charge of it and go with that so that Maybe you get rescued in two days. You didn't think you were going to. Maybe you do. Maybe you've not ate everything. Hell, on the way home, eat it all. But at least you've rationed it out, okay? Can't eat everything in one day. Also, obtaining no. things out there in the wild. So you know, I, I want to comment on something with that real okay. quick. Because, you know, something I've always thought about, and I haven't been in the scenario to know if this would happen or not, but 
people, you know, they get really emotional when they get hungry. And I wonder mm-hmm. how many people out there, I'll have to look into the statistics of this if there are any, but I wonder how many people have died in survival situations because they didn't properly ration. Because they got so excited to eat something, they didn't think about, hey, let's ration this out to make it last a week or two. And they just shoved it and all down and ate it real fast and then ended up dying because, you know, they didn't stretch their food source. Hey, preppers, check out Blackbeard Fire Starters. Go to www.blackbeardfire.com backslash doomsday and utilize code doomsday for 10% off your entire order at blackbeardfire.com. I would find that happen more nowadays than it used to because people used to have control and understood rationing. In today's society where everything is instant gratification, most people would say, screw it, I may die anyway, I'm going to eat this and enjoy my life. Okay, well that's great, but you're going to be hungry three days from now. So that mentality of those who prepare has to be, I need to save something for a rainy day. That, that's always been my, my mentality. So try to ration things. And if you have someone with you that doesn't want to do that, you may have to actually be the, the, the bigger person and say, no, we're going to ration this. You're not going to die by not eating everything we have here today. You're part of the group. And as a group, this is what we're going to do. But that's a show. That's a whole other show right there. We've had this show before, I think. <laughs> but also shelter. You know, you can have water. You could have a food source. You could have fire and die of pneumonia, die or freeze to death. You could absolutely get blown away by the wind, suffer whatever. It might be exposure. Because people don't think about shelter. They think about, what am I going to do? I'm just going to trek around. No, you need to make camp somewhere where you can actually get warm or get out of the elements for a period of time to rest. The body cannot keep going, folks. So as you come upon things, whether it be an old piece of tar, maybe it's giant leaves, maybe it's some down sticks, and maybe you can make a thatch type of, of shelter to get you out of the sun, get you out of the wind, maybe shed the rain off of you. Maybe it's a, an indention in the, in the side of, a, of, a, of a, a rock face. Maybe it's underneath some trees. Maybe it's an old abandoned building, whatever it might be. You need to get shelter. So um, I want to comment on that too. So one thing is like, I know a lot of people that run in these circles, you know, a lot of us suffer from insomnia. It's hard for us to sleep at night. Well, imagine sleeping at night in a high stress scenario out in the woods somewhere, you know, or, you know, possibly in some kind of urban environment during like a destruction or chaos or right after a disaster happened or right after you've lost a loved one. I, I know it doesn't sound like much, but having that tarp, having that paracord, having a way to make a little bit of shelter just to make you feel a little bit more secure is definitely going to help you be able to sleep a little bit better than not having it. Righto, righto. You know, the, the worst of these situations is that you're wet, you're cold, you've had no water, you have no fire, and you're exposed to the elements. But as you're going along through your journey, whatever it might be, there's going to be things laying around that you're going to pass by. 
if you pass by something that you could use later on down, you're going to kick yourself in the hind end for that. So as you're going along, you have to go, well, can this help me? And is this small enough or is this, is the worth of this enough for me to take it with me? Um, you have to constantly have your head on a swivel. You have to constantly be thinking, not thinking in the box. You know, if you find an old container, maybe it's an old Coca-Cola bottle or an old uh, glass bottle or plastic bottle, whatever it might be, you go, oh, it's just trash. No, it's not trash. That's a vessel to put clean water in. That's a way to make a filter, to filter dirty water. That's a way to boil maybe a cup full of water at a time to be able to actually get clean water. You have to think out of the box, folks. And then there's two other things that are very important to me, and that's security. Okay, number one, security. Not just security from others, security from animals. I mean, let's just say you're in the middle of nowhere. A nasty, mean dog comes up on you and tends to do harm to you. A stick, a rock, uh, anything might save you from doing something. You'll never know. It could be a bear, a wolf, uh, anything, a, a rust snake. Maybe you just need to beat the ground to make sure there's no snakes or anything underneath you. These items that you pick up, I mean, what's a stick of a rock? I mean, come on. God gave them to us for free. Use these. Implement these. Maybe you need to make something out of them. Maybe a sharpened stick. Anything. But you have to constantly be thinking about, I need to protect myself from others. This is not like you've got an M16. You know, it I, might help you. <laughs> a lot of these situations, Al, I always go back and I think like kind of this Native American way to where they didn't have stores. They didn't have a Walmart. Right. They weren't able to just buy something pre-manufactured. I mean, that's what it was. Find the right, right wood, make your own arrows, make your own spears, find the right rocks, make your own arrowheads, make your own spearheads. You know, that's that that bushcraft style mentality or just the idea in general of, you know, having this MacGyver mentality to, to be able to take some piece of garbage and turn it into something useful sur- for survival. I mean, that's that mentality to have. Hey preppers, do you want 10% off survival food? Go to www.readywise.com and use code DOOM10 at checkout for 10% off all your survival food needs. Again, that's code DOOM10 at checkout at readywise.com, D-O-O-M-10 for 10% off at readywise.com. Absolutely. It's just like if you're going to have to travel, if you say where I'm at, it's a bad place to be. I need to travel. I need to, I need to get away from here to try to get to someone else. Look at what you've got. If you're, if you're sitting here and you're in your work shoes and you've got <laughs> work shoes on, but you got a pair of tennis shoes in the back of your vehicle and you're going to have to walk. Or if you w- walk up on a pair of shoes, that's two sizes too big, but they're walking shoes instead of dress shoes. Uh, ditch those dress shoes, get those walking shoes, okay? If it means that you have to shuck off a couple layers of excessive clothing and it's a hot environment to try to stay cooler and not sweat out as much <laughs> liquid in your body, as much water, hey, let's, let's, let's do that. Let, let's take every single thing that comes to us, every single thing around us, and let's make something out of it let's let's find a use for it let's do this for our survival you know um i see people a lot of times and this is this irks me 
people that take young children and they see them out there, they're MacGyver and they're doing just what you said. They're learning how to do things and they try to, oh, don't do that. Don't, that's a, no, don't, no, no, no. We need that. We need that to let them do those kind of things. That MacGyver that they're doing might save their life one day. Um, Nothing makes me feel better than to see someone who doesn't know how to do bushcraft, that doesn't know how to, to necessarily do certain things, try to pick up on how to do Well, how do I do this? Why do I do that? Well, how do I sharpen my knife if I don't have a knife sharpener, if I just got a rock? Or how do I? Yeah, that's a great skill. Learn to do that because it might save your life one day. My guyvering has saved many, 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 many lives. And you don't know the situation you're going to be thrown into. You could be stranded in a, in a blizzard. You could have a plane crash. You could, you know, wreck your canoe on the way down the river in the middle of the night and you didn't make your landfall where you're supposed to and you have to live alongside the river for the night. Folks, everything is valuable. Everything can be reused. You have to think out of the box. Nothing is trash. Everything can be used. I hear people say, well... This is no good to me. Was it fabric? Yeah. Okay. Well, is it is it is it is not a man-made fabric? Well, it burns. It'll start a fire, won't it? Okay. Yeah. 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 What about that tie? Well, that tie could be cordage to tie something up with, or or possibly have to splint a leg, or or you know anything can be used, folks. So I hear people all the time say, "Well, you preppers could only make it if you living in your bunker with your you know all your stuff." No, that's not true. The greatest tool any prepper has is what's between their ears, and you have to hone that skill. And this show may not be the usual show that we do that gives you gobs of information about this, this, and this, but this is a thinking show. You, you have to think out of the box for your survival. You know, if as Jester and I have said since the very beginning, getting from A to B and then B to C and then C to D is the goal. Make it one step further. Drag more people across the line. Get to the next day. Then you can plan from there to get to the next day. Um, nothing can be wasted in a survival situation. Uh, if you waste things in a survival situation, it might be the difference between your survival and you not making I'll just put it that way. Right. And just uh, so we're clarifying, <laughs> don't become a hoarder. We're not suggesting become no, hoarders. <laughs> no, not a hoarder, not a hoarder. No, 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 no. Now, I know I've talked a lot on this episode, Jester, and this is this comes from genuinely from the heart because I hear people all the time try to tell folks, if you can't spend $100,000 and be a prepper, if you can't do this, if you can't afford that, you can't, you're not going to survive. And that's not true, folks. That. You know, I, I'm a prepper. I made all my preps basically for free or for cheap or on clearance. But the skills that I learned being a prepper, going out in the world and be able to do things off grid is what will get me by. It's not with the things that I purchased. They'll 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 help me, but that's not what's gonna get me by. No, and I one hundred percent agree with you. And to to the people out there that are saying you have to have all this money stocked up, this, that, the other. I cannot even begin to tell you how often I give people advice on getting their preps from the dollar store or, you know, buying something cheap and turning it into something great for survival or where you can get the best deals on things. Prepping can get pricey, but it does not have to, right? Nope. 
You guys, you guys really got to think outside of the prepping box um, a little bit here and understand that, you know, if this was a survival situation and you didn't have your bug out bag, if you're out in the woods and, you know, whatever, your car just goes off a cliff and you're stuck down there for three days waiting on rescue, what are you doing to survive? Right? Right. Or you're lost somewhere out in the middle of the woods. You went out hiking with your buddy, you got turned around, now you're stuck out there. How are you going to survive? It's a lot of it's going to be based on the knowledge inside your head. All right. And a lot of it is going to be reading the signs that your body is telling you. Are you feeling dehydrated? Because, like we don't talk about medical issues enough about how they can come up in these situations. That's a show for another day. Um, but guys, next week we're covering earthquake survival. We had a, a, one of the listeners emailed into the show and asked a little bit about uh, earthquake survival. So I figure, you know, we'll put together a whole episode on this because it is needed right now, especially with the large earthquake that just happened, which has way too high of a death toll. Um, Al, you got anything you want to add before we're out of here? No, just everybody, just uh, understand that prepping does not require you to have to be a big ear to do it. You can do this on your on your own dime. And, you know, the most the, the best prep you've ever got is right between your ears. Action message. At approximately 1 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time, Nora is tracking 15 ICBM nuclear missiles inbound to the following cities Orlando, Miami, Pittsburgh, Dover, Newark, Richland, Philadelphia, New York City, Baltimore, Los Angeles, Las Vegas, Boston, Seattle, Detroit. This is an extremely deadly situation. Stay tuned, the next emergency message will be a presidential address.